and welcome to the 55th episode of the iRace We Gamble podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Alex Crum, and I'm joined again by Josh Simer. Crum, we're off to Nashville, the city fueled by coffee and country music. Oh, is it? I I know the country music part, but coffee? I don't know. I pulled it off an Instagram post. <laughs> great. We do great research here. Um, as you can tell with our uh, interview with Nate Ryan, although we actually did prepare a lot for that, and I think it went really well. Um, and Nate Ryan was an awesome guest. He gave us a ton of his time and um, even spoke to us on video during some of that podcast until he was having some internet issues. But um, it was great having him on. Josh, do you want to say anything about the Nate Ryan guest experience? If you missed it, go watch up. Go listen to episode 54. That's uh, all I'm going to say about it. Go listen. Well worth the time. Nate had a lot of really good insight. So give episode 54 a listen if you haven't already. And you'll get uh, a lot of the Sonoma recap there because we're only going to briefly touch on it this week because we might as well not do it all over again. But yeah, Nate was Nate was great. Looking forward to more conversation and dialogue with him and other folks in NASCAR moving forward. Yeah, it was great having Nate on, and we won't talk about Nashville quite yet, but um, he did give us a pick for Nashville, so if you want to take Nate Ryan's advice, uh, bet on the five of Kyle Larson this weekend. Although, obviously, he could change his mind. I'll I'll check with him after practice and qualifying on Twitter um, and retweet if he gives us an answer if his pick changes at all. But, uh, yeah, that's that's what we'll do with uh, his pick, I think. I like it. All right. Before we talk about NASCAR, uh, we're going to talk a little F1. But before we talk about that, I did want to mention a little bit of iRacing racing stuff. Been playing a little bit this week um, when I can. Realized or maybe re-realized uh, that Nashville has a really tricky line. Um, there's a lot of bumps in sort of the entry to turn one if you're going in on the high side, at least I've found. Um, and they can really throw you off. There's a kind of a, just a long, sweeping, slow. You have to be very patient getting back to the gas. Um, and if you slow down too much, you're not going to carry enough center speed, and you're going to lose a ton of time that way. So it's it's really tricky, um, but it's been fun kind of learning it, relearning it, um, trying to get my safety rating back up because I'm still a B-class right now. I can't race the cup cars. <laughs> Uh, so going to try to race some extra safe, careful races so I can do a Nashville race this weekend, uh, in the cup car, but we're pretty close to being, uh, promoted out of there. And then, uh, I did watch, uh, the iRacing NASCAR Coke series on Tuesday, um, was really bummed because Malik Ray had a good qualifying run and then, uh, unfortunately got taken out turn one. So wasn't a great race, uh, from that perspective, but it was an interesting race. Uh, a lot of fuel strategy and things because of when the caution fell, but uh, I won't spoil the winner. You can go watch the video on YouTube or just look up the winner if you really want to. Um, and also, reminder, uh, it's probably posted over on iRace We Gamble on Twitter. That's where we share a lot of the iRacing news, NASCAR news, F1 news. Um, and F1 was in Canada this past weekend, so we had a normal starting time of about 2 p.m., they were in Montreal. Uh, Josh, did you? You didn't catch any of this particular race, did you? I did not catch any of this. It was uh, smack dab in the middle of Father's Day, and I had a lot going on. <laughs> Understandable uh, as a new father. 
But uh, it was actually a pretty good race. Um, qualifying was actually pretty intense because it was in heavy rain. Um, so there was a lot of interesting you know, results in qualifying that you wouldn't normally see. Um, specifically, Fernando Alonso in the Alpine uh, qualified second. So kind of he showed out the most in the rain. Um, but then as the race progressed, uh, we saw Perez have an engine issue. We saw Leclerc actually before qualifying take a bunch of new engine parts which basically penalized him to start last. Um, so he only did the first round of qualifying just to make sure he would start ahead of, I think, Yuki Tsunoda because he had the same penalties going on. Um, yeah, but at that point, he didn't do any more qualifying because he just ri- was going to be risking his car at that point. So uh, Perez had engine issues. Leclerc was coming from the back. Um, it was weird for Leclerc. I expected, I actually liked having him in my lineup even with the penalty because I figured he was just going to drive up through the field and have a fresh engine and look really good. But he was having some weird issues getting out of the slower speed corners, specifically, I think it's the hairpin before the back straight, which is really a straightaway, and then right before a chicane, and then there's the front straightaway. So they're on the same straight, but they're the front and back straightaway. I thought that was funny. Um, But yeah, Leclerc was having an issue getting out of those corners and really couldn't make passes because of it, because all the passes were happening at the end of the long straightaway that he couldn't get going at the start of. So with all of those things going on, uh, Mercedes managed to sneak up and gar- grab a podium place with Hamilton. Uh, they were, it's really interesting, I think, with Mercedes because in terms of the fantasy stuff, they're still too expensive, both their drivers and their constructor, but they really are making a case for being like definitely third best and definitely reliable. So, like, you can almost always count on Mercedes to get you a top six uh, unless they have some really bad luck. So I think that's interesting. Josh, are you going to mess with any Mercedes stuff, or are they still too rich for your blood going into the upcoming weeks? I'm still not touching them. Yeah, I know I experimented with George Russell, um, and I still think he's probably the the guy you might pick up going into um, – the British Grand Prix. He and Hamilton are both British, so um, could see some hometown rivalry, I guess. I don't know how that would work out for the two of them. Um, but in any case, uh, I did do better than you this week in, in fantasy, just barely. We're, we're neck and neck, both in the 1500s in terms of overall points. Um, but I had Verstappen, Sainz, and Leclerc, and you had Verstappen, Perez, and Leclerc, and that was really the big difference. Uh, with Perez's engine issue and Sainz kind of making it a good race with Verstappen at the end, finishing second. Um, So I I was actually looking at it, and I realized if I get rid of Ferrari, because I don't have Ferrari as my constructor anymore, I changed to Aston for this past weekend, which should have been much better. The Aston's actually looked really good, um, but had a really weird issue where they had the wrong setup in the car, it seemed, for a couple of different sessions that screwed up their qualifying and their race. So didn't work out for them too much, but they were still fine. Um, but I realized I can actually fit Verstappen, Perez, Leclerc, and Sainz all in my lineup, which are they're basically the top four drivers if no reliability issues happen. Would you agree with that? Good. Yeah. Um, and that leaves me 16.8 million left over. So that's enough for a guy like Botas at 9.6 or Magnuson at 6.1. Um, and then one of the cheaper constructors 
Uh, I think I didn't think about it until this race, but we finally saw Zhou Guan Yu uh, in the other Alfa Romeo do well with Botas, the two of them. And that constructor is really cheap. So I'm actually looking at Alfa Romeo around 8 million and Magnuson at around 6 million to, to round out my lineup right now. Um, so that's maybe what I'm going to do. It's obviously way too early to tell. I want to see some practice sessions before I commit to that. But I think having those top four guys and giving yourself 16.8 million to work with to try to scrape whoever's do, looking good in practice that week, um, I think that's actually a pretty good strategy. I, are you gonna copy me, or what do you think? Not gonna copy you because I'm not going that low on my constructor. If anything, I'm gonna alter my lineup a little bit to get Ferrari back in. Hmm. Okay. Well, would you? Would you? Yeah, I'm trying to look at the prices for Red Bull and Ferrari. Red Bull's another seven million more expensive than Ferrari. You probably can't justify that right now. It's 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 crazy. Mercedes is still the most expensive constructor. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't make any sense at all. No, it's got to be based on just like people who have dropped them or haven't dropped them, and it must be a bunch of people who signed up for the F one fantasy and then just threw Mercedes in there and never moved from that point on. That's the only thing I can imagine. Definitely possible. All right. Well. I won't spend any more time on the F1 unless you wanted to mention anything about your lineup or any other plan changes besides the Ferrari move. That's the only the only thing I'm thinking about right now. Obviously, that means I'm going to have to deconstruct a lot of my lineup, but we'll see how it looks. Yeah. Um, oh, and Sarah's lineup real quick. Uh, we all had Verstappen, so she, she had him as well. Um, and then she had Vettel, Alonso, and Perez, who all really should have had better days than they did, um, but they didn't, and so that didn't really work out. Her constructor was Alpine, which was okay, but not the best. Um, so I'll leave it at that for F1. Um, and I think real quick, just to talk about Sonoma, like Josh said, we're not going to go too in-depth on it, but did want to run through the ideal lineup, at least from the daily fantasy perspective. So obviously Suarez winning the race, leading 47 laps was your best driver. Um, and there was a lot of inexpensive drivers at the front, like Busher and Harvick. Um, Harvick was only 7,000 in that race, and that's that was probably a blind spot for me, not thinking about him. Um, but then you've also got Blaney, who was 9,000, uh, finished sixth, gained some spots, so he was in the ideal lineup. Uh, and then the two of Austin Sindrick, actually, he was somebody I really wasn't expecting to do that well, uh, finishes fifth and gains 20 spots, so... He was in the ideal lineup. It cost you less than 41000 for that. Um, the Toyotas did not show up at all, so my lock of Truex was pretty terrible. Your Chase Elliott lock looks pretty good until he had some tire issues, which I know you always love when there's wheel and tire issues, right? I mean, I've learned to expect it. Yeah, it just sucks. When bold, it bold prediction, there's going to be wheel and tire issues at Nashville. Shocker. Who, who, who would have thought? <laughs> uh by low guys i already mentioned a bunch of them uh because they were in the ideal lineup but you've also got mcdowell doing well kozlowski actually did well justin haley as well um you had the 20 which was another just toyota missed it this weekend um and then i had joey hand that i threw in there as a by low and he actually did really well i think where do you finish i gotta find that mm-hmm. yeah he finished 20th and he started 17th 
for $2,000. And he got you the 21st amount of points. So he was better than 15 other drivers uh, at a price point of 2000 So I, I, I take that usually. It's just that all the expensive guys didn't actually finish up front like Larson and Elliott and Truex. So you didn't need somebody that cheap, unfortunately. All right, Josh, I feel like I should just throw it to you for these draft results because I feel like I'm getting punched in the face every week in the draft. How, how do you keep beating me is my question. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a long season, and yeah. you don't got to come out of the gate real fast. This is more of a Belmont and not a Kentucky Derby. <laughs> you can uh, kind of bide your time, see what's going on, and uh, – you know, just kind of ride the hot hands moving forward. Um, I have no idea how or why. Um, the only thing that I'm seeing is that our pre-qualifying drafts versus our post-qualifying drafts, our point totals are clearly a lot higher post-qualifying, which is another reason to stay tuned in to the Twitter handle at iRaceWeGamble. Because after we see that qualifying and we get our redraft in, we are clearly doing better with more information. So make sure you're following us on Twitter and getting those daily tidbits that you need to keep cash. Totally agree. Um, although sometimes I feel like I just miss it after qualifying. I. I would say look at Josh's post-qualifying, at least as of late. Um, or guys we missed. We actually, the guys we missed did better than our draft lineups this past weekend. So um, hopefully we don't miss as many in Nashville. I don't think we will. Yeah, I doubt it. A little more straightforward since it's not a road course. Yep. And it is not a road course. It is a one point, I think it's three something mile trioval short track kind of the way you race it in i racing at least makes me f- makes it feel like a short track because it's heavy braking um but you are carrying a lot of speed um so and it, it's 300 laps this weekend um they're actually starting pretty late at like 5 20 or something east coast which it is basically the longest time of day this during this part of the summer but um, they also have lights at Nashville, so they're probably not going to be too upset if they have a little bit of primetime action. Um, but they can make it 60 to 70 laps on fuel. The stages are close to 100 laps, so what you're basically going to see if there's not a caution is you pit once per stage during the stage, about every 50 laps, and then you pit at the stage breaks. Um, obviously, if there's a caution, that's going to change things. I'm not sure how much the tires are going to wear or how much track position is going to be worth. Um, but if you were pitting frequently, you'd only want to pit every about 30 laps because you get about nine sets of tires to change during the race. So I think it'll be interesting if you see a lot of cautions and they come about 20 to 25 laps apart. Our guy's going to pit. Um, or does it not matter because track position, it's really going to depend. Um, but they do get a full practice session this week, which that makes me optimistic, Josh, that we'll see a few less wheel and tire issues. Uh, not none, but less because at least they get some practice time to be like, Hey, we're going to, all right, actually, you know what? They're going to have the same amount, but some of them will happen in practice (laughs) instead of in the race. 
I still disagree with that sentiment. I think we're just going to have some in practice and the same amount in the race. It's just, it's the nature of the beast this year. There's going to be wheel and tire issues. It's just a matter of who's going to get bit by it. Yeah. I will say this. I feel like it was, it it seems to be happening more to Hendrick than other teams in, in general. Just thinking about it anecdotally, I guess. I'm not looking at the stats or anything like that, but feels like the Hendrick guys feel it the most most weekends. Um, so maybe that's a reason to steer clear. I'm not sure. Um, but this track is concrete, so you've got Dover as a sort of reference point, but it's also a little bit more flat, closer to length of Darlington, um, but not as fast as Darlington, so maybe a little bit more like Gateway somewhere in between. Um, so I would say those are your three ingredients to make this racetrack. I don't know if that tells you anything because Joey Logano won at two of those and I think finished a few laps down at the other. So not sure, but uh, I, have, I have to start the draft, don't I? You do indeed. All right. Well, let me pull up the FanDuel website which is where we play our daily fantasy every week. Um, we usually do dabble in DraftKings. Um, we'll check out sports books wherever, as long as they're legal in New York. So um, let's see. Let's see. Let's enter a new lineup. Who do I want? Uh... I think this week I'm going to start with Tyler Reddick. I think at 9.5, he's not by low eligible, but he's he's just someone who I feel like is going to have good luck at some point. And I, I said the same thing about Suarez before Sonoma. I said Suarez is my by low because he's going to have good luck at some point, and he did. So I guess this is me saying Tyler Reddick's going to win, maybe. It's a ball. It's a great first pick by you. For me, uh, yeah, I bet because I, <laughs> you, you kind of have your pick. Still, yeah, um, I'm gonna take both of my picks. I'm gonna handicap my lineup a little bit. Uh, I'm going to take the Nate Ryan lock <laughs> of Kyle Larson. Yeah. Uh, he won this race last year. He led 88 percent of the laps. If he's going to go out and do something similar to that, it doesn't matter what his price point is. You're going to have to have him in your lineup. And this is going to shock everybody, but I'm also going to take the runner-up from that race last year, the one of Chastain. Do you like him? A little bit. Would you say he's maybe one of your favorites? It's possible. Hmm. I will say he he was number three for laps led last year, though. Oh yeah, that's right. He did he did last year at this time was kind of when he kind of started to show up. Is wait, he's pretty quick now, and that obviously translated into this year. Oh yeah, in a big way. Mm-hmm. I like both those picks. It makes me feel a little silly, um, but you'll have that. I'm going to go with someone who I think did well at all three of the tracks I mentioned, Dover, Darlington, and Gateway. 
Um, although I do want to check Darlington real quick to make sure I'm not completely wrong. I just need to sort by score. What do we got here? Uh, hmm. Okay. Well, I still think it's valid. I'm going to take the 18 of Kyle Busch uh, because he was up front at Darlington, but then I remember he had an issue where he spun out because of a flat tire, which, what a surprise. Um, <laughs> so hopefully the 18 doesn't have a flat uh, and he he shows up the way. I think he did well at this race last year, I want to say. He is the guy who led the second most laps That's right. in the race behind Kyle Larson. Um However, ended up finishing 11. Yeah. So I'm going to say he turns it around, gets his second win of the season. Somehow Tyler Reddick and Kyle Busch are both winning this week. You heard it here first. Um, <laughs> and then I'm going to take the cheapest Hendrick driver I can find, who actually did well in this race last year too, Alex Bowman. 9.8,000. Cheap. I, I feel like I'm giving myself a lot of budget to round this lineup out. Um, even with Kyle Busch at 13.5, kind of just keeping my higher price drivers a little lower than normal. You think he finishes better than his 14th last year? Bowman? Yeah. Uh, I think he wins, probably. Same with Kyle and Reddick, you know? All right, so all three of them are winning. You heard it here first. <laughs> it's easy to have a lock if there's three winners. I don't know. Oh, and I yeah. think I'll probably make the 18 my lock. Are you, you're locking in the five, I assume? I am locking in the five. Sure. My guess is you, you pick your buy low candidate next. I am going to pick my buy low candidate next, and that is going to be the man who's on a tear recently on the ovals. Also was able to finish sixth here last year. Give me the 47 of Stenhouse and put him in as my buy low. That's a great pick. I actually feel stupid for not taking him away. And I'm also going to take my boy Harvick. Mr. Consistency? Mr. Consistency, again, looking at last year, he finished fifth. I'll take another top five. He's probably going to qualify somewhere in the mid-teens, so I'm going to get a little bit of place differential there and just take take steady Eddie. I, I don't mind it. Um, he wasn't on my radar, um, but I think at this point... Well, he's not even on your radar to make the playoffs, so that makes sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Uh, I'm going to take the guy that is now in the playoffs in Daniel Suarez, and I think I'm going to make him my buy low because he also looked pretty good here. Um, and by the way, a track house based in or was based in started in Nashville. So a lot of motivation for that team to show up again. Um, Suarez is my buy low this week. And he, fi- he finished seventh here last year. Yep. And that, that was a better finish than usual for that team last year that that was them outperforming what they usually do so if this is a good track for that team and that driver hopefully suarez and chastain don't wreck each other for the win for the fourth yeah. place win yeah so now uh 
now knowing that he was on your radar, it gives me a little bit of buyer's remorse for not scooping him up and leaving Harvick on the table. Yeah, how much budget? Although I would not have been able to do Suarez and Harvick together. Right. But I would have just dropped down to probably another driver who I'm not going to mention yet because you still have another pick. How did you have left? 8,200. I have 8,700 left, so we're basically looking at the same pool of drivers because the first available is Briscoe at 8,000. Um, which I know you like him. I don't... Wouldn't surprise me if you picked him, but I... I don't know. Not, not going to predict that. Uh, I like AJ Allmendinger a lot at his price point. I don't need to go as low as 5.5, though, um, personally. I think Haley, if you're look, if you're really desperate for a cheap driver, is also good. Um, maybe Butcher as well. Uh, beyond those guys, I don't think there's anyone too cheap that you really want to look at. Um, but I am going to take, uh, I think, another good potential buy low candidate with Eric Jones at six point three thousand. He just he's been pretty consistent this year. He knows how to how to get it done. Um, so I'll pick him. And to, oh, wait, Grandyard brings out a caution in the last stage, though. That could make things more difficult for me. That would have been my next pick. All right. Well, he, this, it was worth it, then. It was wor- Even if he brings out a caution in the third stage, per usual, it was worth it because I took him from you. Yeah, um, so I'm going to go way down on budget, actually. I'm going to leave a lot of wiggle room for myself in this lineup. I'm going to round out with the seven of the joy. Wow, that is, yeah, that's not not someone who's on my radar after I listed a bunch of drivers. I think he will qualify mid-20th. Last year he finished 15th. If he can qualify mid-20th and even drive up to 20th, I'll be good with it. And he's real, real cheap at 3500 so that leaves me with 4700 remaining budget, so a lot of... A lot of playing that I could do with the lineup if I wanted to. Yeah. And obviously, with the draft lineups, we're not giving ourselves the full complement of drivers to pick from. So you could always look at this lineup on Saturday after practice or qualifying and say, okay, now who do I want to swap out of here? Uh, maybe you do want the 18 or the 99 or something like that. So we'll see. Um, Guys we missed. I think Chase Elliott's a lock for guys we missed, right? Agreed. Outside of him, uh, do you want the 11 or the 19 at all? I don't think so. I think I'd rather have the 22 over either of them. Okay, yeah. I feel like he's a boomer bust, basically, this week. Yeah, priced at ten thousand five hundred, I'm fine with it. Yeah, good upside. Um, Kurt Busch, maybe. I actually like Kurt Busch a lot. Yeah. All right. So what does that leave? That leaves us with seventeen seven left, eighty eight fifty per driver. Yeah, and um, Kurt actually finished eighth here last year. There you go. I like going Almondinger here. I don't know how you feel about that. He's five point five thousand. I'm fine with that. 
All right, that gives us 12.2 to work with, which is basically anybody on the board. We could sneak back up and put Denny Hamlin, William Byron. I think Byron's actually the, the best pick to round this out, but I'll leave it to you. Agree. Okay, well, there you go. All right, so guys we missed. We got the 9 and the 24 from Hendrick. We have Joey Logano in the 22, Kurt Busch in the 45, and AJ Allmendinger in the 16 as the, as the lower price guy in the group. I like it. Cool. All right. What's uh, what's happening in Music City? Yeah, I have found the weather report. Um, it would be great if they started this race at one. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, as we have seen, at least in Western New York, you can't really trust the forecast until about thirty minutes before it happens. Yeah. Yes, I'm talking to you, small town of Victor, New York, where we were supposed to play golf last night until the radar just completely flipped in about 20 minutes and dumped sheets of rain on us to the point where the greens were starting to look like water hazards. Anyway, I digress. Sunday, we have a high of 94 Partly cloudy in the morning, followed by scattered thunderstorms in the afternoon. Chance of rain's only 60% right now, so who knows how that's going to be. The thing about it, though, is if you look at the 10-day, you're looking at 95 tomorrow, 92 on Saturday, 94 on Sunday. Jeez. They're saying p.m. thunderstorms both Saturday and Sunday, but Monday is right back to 86, followed by 87, 92, 94, 95, 95. I don't really know how it is in the Midwest, but around here, when the big thunderstorms roll through, you get a little bit of a cool down. I don't see any type of a cool down, so it does sound like it's going to be pop-up kind of stuff and like you said earlier, at least Nashville has lights. So yeah. if they do get a big swell that comes through at six, they can, you know, red flag the race for 20 minutes, let the storm roll through, get the track dried, and be racing, you know, hour and a half or so after it went red. So we'll see how it shapes up. Definitely something to keep an eye on as the weekend gets closer because right now, because of recency bias, I'm not putting too much stock into the weather for the week. <laughs> Understandable. Um, yeah, disappointed we didn't play golf yesterday, but I get to play golf tomorrow. So nice. That's always fun. I'll be right. working. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll catch everybody next week. <laughs>